Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, when you're planning a construction project, let's say it's a renovation, maybe you're starting from scratch, redoing everything, whatever it might be, one of the most important things next to choosing your contractor and team is space planning. Got to plan it all out. What are we going to do with that space that we're we're working in? And she's somebody that does all of that planning all the time. One-stop shop is what she is in terms of the planning, the construction, the architecture, all of this. And she's back with us again. Julie Lawton is on the program. Hey, Julie, how are you? I'm good. I'm walking through one of my job sites. It's very exciting and it's a little noisy, but it's fun. Lots going on. Oh, I can. I just heard a little echo, so it sounded like yeah, you're in a hollow room or a bathroom. It sounded like I'm in a bathroom. Okay. Check it out, bathroom. Ooh. <laughs> oh, it looks it's like fun. I'll go outside where it's not so noisy. So, tell us about this project. This house is located where? The value of the house? What are you doing there? It's um, it's in Laguna Beach, and it's near the high school, which is that building over there. So it's near the high school, and it's has an ocean view. And it was built in the 1930s, so it's one of the original cottages in Laguna. And the, hmm. the cool part about it is that um, we totally remodeled it and then pretty much built it new, like all new framing and stuff, And because and, we opened all the walls up, and then we put on this huge deck on the back. So it's still a charming cottage, but it's 3,000 square feet of new home. Wow. And all new kitchens and bathrooms, and yeah. When you do a project like that, you said it's from right around the 1930s Laguna Beach, is there any original integrity that remains with the house? Well, the original integrity on this one is that it's still one story. It's still the same roof and it's still the same exterior siding. Wow. So we changed all the windows and we changed all the drywall and all the kitchens and baths and all the flooring. So when you walk in, we took out the middle wall so that the living room, front of the living room to the back of the house is all open now. So like the big great room thing we always do, but... All the windows and doors are in the same location, except I added a 12-foot slider on the back but um, with the new deck. But the charm of the house is essentially the same. So that's, but, it's, but now it's a different color. It used to be yellow. Yeah. When you say the exterior and the roof, is there anything special about those or they just didn't need to be replaced? And how old are they? No, the, the roof that used to be on here was like 100 years old site, you know, shingles. And now we've got new black asphalt shingles. But this is the original siding from 1930, which is funny. And I'll walk over and look at it. And it's really, it's a, almost an inch thick. It's three quarter inch thick lumber. So if you look at it, it's just siding. It's really thick and it's got wood grain to it. And it's very durable. So to actually do this today would be a fortune. Wow. So I kept the siding. Yeah, it's this, this thick. My gosh. You know, it's funny. We're so programmed by today's standards. When you say the word siding right away, I think vinyl and then when you said oh yeah no it's from the 30s i'm like well how, how, how are they doing that this thing is ridiculous look at we're gonna put and then they have the old brick walkway and i'm gonna put black flagstone over it check it out isn't it pretty oh it really is wow yeah instead of the old crappy brick now it's flagstone wow so the brick was already you covered do you covered the yeah brick? the brick was there from 1930 mm-hmm um why did you why'd you leave it there it's just a it's a good base I wanted to leave the base there because it'd be a fortune to report this damn thing. Yep. Mm. So I mean, I left the base because everybody's used to this sidewalk and it has a nice natural curve. So if you kind of look at it, it's already had a nice shape. So it wasn't a weird shape because it goes down the hill and kind of curves around, you know? Nice. 
Uh, and it's already there. You, you bring it back memories because I, this is probably going back to oh seven. And I had a circular area in my backyard, uh, kind of in, in a hill um, where mm-hmm. I, I dug it all out and I, I put a hot tub in there. That was my plan. Oh, yeah. How That's I, fun. How, yeah. Well, in, in theory, it was a great idea. And then a friend of mine's like, hey, you know what? Let's pour some concrete. We'll pour concrete in and, the, and then we could put uh, shells in the concrete and it'll look really cool. I'm like, wow, this sounds like a great idea. So we start doing it. It starts getting dark. We don't know what we're doing, by the way. We get uh-huh. down to the, you know, almost, almost finished. And then it's like, wait a minute, Gary, we're out of Portland. Go to Depot and get some more. Oh, no. Mix it all up, pour it all in there, smooth it all out, put the shells in, went to work first thing in the morning, come home and take a look at it. And it looked horrible. It was all oh, different no. colors. The texture was all messed up. So what you, you right, reminded me, though, with those uh, that brick. I had a great base for pavers <laughs> after that. And that funny, it's a good base, exactly. And then you can do what you want with the stone or something because, oh my God. Yeah. It's so much money though and labor to get the new foundation done. But boy, I only have two guys that I like doing my, my hardscape and my concrete. I have another company, but um, it's an art form to do concrete. It's not easy. So when That's we're. That's the funny thing part. Trust me, I know it's not easy. Uh, Let's talk about the space planning. When when you say those two words, what, what are you referring to? Well, space planning, funny enough, is what the architect does and what the designer does. Not so much the decorator, but the person that's designing the house and putting in the floor plan with the walls and the doors and the windows and the cabinet is really the space planner. So if your architect's not a good space planner and he doesn't like know where to put the dishwasher and the hallways are too narrow i mean some people aren't good at space planning and that designers i need to know space planning because that was part of my college degree for the interior design part believe it or not because it's how humans function in their space Hmm. so you have to know the length of people's arms and the height of the chair seats and the width of the hallways and it's the space planning you need to know exactly how much space it needs to pull out a dining chair how much space for you to bend over and not hit your butt on the cabinets behind you. You know what I mean? There's a whole thing oh, yeah. <laughs> about uh, space planning. I love it. And that, you know, now it's crystal clear, but as we get into this, I have to ask Julie over the years, what have you encountered where space planning wasn't taken into consideration? Oh my God. There's so many things like that. Always not wide enough. So you can't deliver the refrigerator, you know, or the furniture, and then you have um, then you have kitchens where the space between the counters is like two and a half feet. I'm like, really? But there's all these crazy things where you know people did things as an afterthought or a really, really long time ago because there are cases with old, 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 I'm talking old houses where the doors are smaller. You're wondering, wait a minute, but nobody would fit through them because they're before the code started. So mm. it's just but it's the weirdest one is when there's like rooms built in rooms and, you know, there's walls where they shouldn't be. But um, it kills me when I see two small hallways and no windows and no legal stuff done, you know, yeah, like egress windows to get out of a bedroom if there's a fire and just crazy stuff like that. And that stuff gets expensive. I had to do a egress window in like 2016. Um, it's pricey, 
Pricey. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not cheap to just replace the window sometimes. You gotta make it bigger. You know. And and in that that situation, I wanted to put it on the side of the house, get it out of the way. Don't want to see it. However, the waste pipe went right along that wall. Yes, you couldn't do it. So I had to put it in a the front of the house, which, you know what, when all was said and done, you kind of didn't even see it anyway. But, you know, I had plantings around it, but it was a little frustrating. But okay. as so. I, I think about all this, the space planning, is is the kitchen the culprit or the 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 target many times when it doesn't work out? Because you've got so many different things going on, cabinets, doors, all of that. Oh, yeah. The kitchen is the most complicated room to space plan, funny enough, yeah. even though there's rules to do it. But the kitchen is like almost like an engine. It's like, you know, it's every little part has to work and everything has to be within one or two steps. So it's all measured out. So the kitchen and the and the bathroom are complicated space planning. Big time. Hmm. Totally. Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. I'm getting visuals now thinking about all this. I remember in, in a kitchen, I couldn't open... I couldn't open one of the uh, drawers, which is basically like the bread drawer. You know, it's kind of very deep because of right. the utility closet, which led to the uh, the, the washer and dryer. Uh, you had to, you know, you had to you had to watch yourself when you were opening it. And then then you get scuff marks on the cabinet because you know you're not thinking about it and uh-huh. yeah, very frustrating. It's just like people cram things in there. It's just frustrating, and um, yeah, it's um, especially the tiny little cottages. You've got like a quarter inch before the drawers open on one side and the other side. I mean, I've seen it where they just cram them in. It's kind of funny, but wow, yeah. So how do you get around that? Is it just somebody who's a qualified architect that's going to be doing the work for you? You kind of just have to have them lay it out and, and trust them. But because if they're not good at it, what happens is it doesn't get built right. And then you find out too late. So you kind of have to know if you, if you don't trust them, you kind of have to show them. They have to show you the measurements. So and maybe they tape it on the floor. So what I like to do for people is put blue tape on the floor and lay out all the cabinets so they can walk around and get a feel for it. So I, or spray paint it on the concrete if it's new construction. But there's a whole way to show it to the client and then kind of prove it works too, and and hmm. do mock-ups. Ah, but interesting. Yeah, if you do mock-ups, then you know, then you see it before it's built because. I know that I've been trained to do it, but some people aren't trained and they kind of over, they kind of, let's say they cheat on the dimensions to make something else work. And then they cheat on one dimension, which ruins the kitchen design because they want a bigger living room or something. I mean, they don't focus on what's absolutely important because your kitchen has to function, but you know, they sacrifice the important stuff for a different part of the design. And that's where it starts to fall apart because once it's built, it's too late. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about outside exterior driveway, living space out there? Any, any issues that you can fall into with, uh, uh, improper space planning? Well, the thing is you want to have traffic flow of people outside and you want to keep your patio covers, you know, away from the barbecue and, you know, things like that and, and make sure your heat lamps are, um, placed properly, but it's all about the same thing. When you do the space plan, you look down and you have to lay it out. So your traffic flow works and your furniture works because there's nothing worse than getting something built. And then you can't even get furniture in there or, you know, get the, anything laid out like nothing fits. 
Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was there once in, in the last house I was in, they had the washer and dryer in an upstairs bathroom, uh, partly because the people that are living in the house were larger people and didn't want to go like three flights down to the basement. So right. I decided, Hey, you know what? Let's take those out of there, put them in the basement Get this bathroom back. Now we have full bathroom size. So I go to remove the washer and dryer. They wouldn't go through the door. See? They built afterwards. <laughs> they did. <laughs> it's almost as if they built around it. I'm like, really? So I had to take the door frames off, everything in it. I'm not talking, oh Julie, I'm not talking just you know an inch. It was a major deal getting those out of there. But I had to do it because it... I needed a bathroom for my kids. It was a waste of a bathroom oh, sitting up there. I guess you could have thrown them out a window. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. However, that bathroom did not have a window. Oh, there you go. There you yeah, go. What a nice Just You just wonder how and why people do things. And you know, it's all jacked up because they do it after the fact. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's got to be a, a big thing for you when you walk into existing structures and you're like, what the blank was going on here what do you guys think what were they thinking you see i know the first thing i see is the dated designs like i was in a house yesterday that was built in the 60s in newport really nice community but it was that damn 60s late 60s 70 all the levels are different so you walk in you step down to the living room and you step down to the dining room i'm like they step up to the kitchen and then oh my god it's just a, a nightmare i just want to you know, fill them all in but it's too much money so we're going to stick with the levels but it's like oh bad design Trendy design from the 70s is horrible. But what's really bad is when people remodel it, do it without maybe an architect or a designer helping them. And they just kind of butcher things. And then you see that real fast. And it's just kind of sad. Hmm. And it devalues the home so much. When the architect is designing for you, is it a good idea to, once he's got everything or she's got everything laid out, to sit with them and kind of go with the flow. Like, look, okay, this is how this is going to work. That's how that's going to oh, work. Yeah. Okay. And if you can't read plans, because I have like 10 or 20% of my clients that literally can't read plans. And I've had to build plywood walls, partitions. I've had to mock up kitchens in plywood and two by fours just so they can see it. And I've gone to great lengths in the past to mock up kitchens for people that can't read plans, even in 3D color runners. I want to see it. Uh -huh. So I mock it up. So whatever it takes, I do it. But, um, you want to be able to see it. And if you can't see it, then have them mark it on the floor with blue tape. That's my favorite little trick. And then you just pull it up and you're done. Ah, okay. I love that idea. Wow. Okay. So you just put the tape down and just lay it all out. Walk around. Yeah. See ah. how it feels. Hmm. Yeah. Do you do a lot of 3D work when you're presenting things to uh, clients? A lot. And then the people that can see and read and know what they want, they opt out of it because it's like three or $4,000 more. But they don't need it because if they already have lived in their home and we're only remodeling, we don't bother with them. But the new homes and new construction all always do 3D color elevations, 3D renderings, and then virtual tours where the camera walks through the house. Ooh, wow. So even if the house isn't there, I can do a thing with the, the cat drawing. It looks like the camera's flying around the house and walking you around the house, even if the house hasn't been built yet. I didn't even know cool. that existed. I've seen 3D, surely. Um, I didn't know 3D that. 3D virtual. 3D virtual. That is super cool. Wow. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, there is expense involved in that. But when you think about if you're building a new house or you're doing some major, major work, renovations, whatever it might be, 
it's definitely worth it. Definitely. I know it is worth it because huh. really need to see it because it's amazing what people don't catch from a 2D black and white drawing. Because uh, I, I see it in 3D and in color immediately, but the clients only see black and white 2D. That isn't good. They need to see it. What What is the, you said 3D elevations. What's that? I mean, there's color elevation. There's 3D um, perspective views. So they're like elevations, but they're in the perspective view. So you take it like, it's like like it's actually like you're standing in the room and then and then the next step is to take the place you're standing in the room and do the virtual tour around the whole house but 3d at an angle like you're actually in the house looking each direction those views mm, wow yeah, it's you like know. a photograph it's like a photograph just like you're in the middle of the room and take a photograph all the way around you that's the 3d view Ah, I love that. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed, but uh, in today's technology, you would think like, why wouldn't it exist where you can walk through something that doesn't exist yet? Yep. Hmm. It's all there. They, they take the floor plan and they turn it into elevations and they turn it into 3D perspective views. Any other thoughts that you have uh, as we talk about space planning? Well, the space planning, like I said, is the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Without the space planning, Nothing works. Nothing flows. The end user, the, the end product doesn't work. And it's, and it's every day you bump into something, you know, it's, it's an, it's the most important thing you can do is the space planning. Hmm. Uh, where are you heading now? It looks very rural. I'm going to go back to my office because, which is inland because I need to work on bids for all these new projects. Hmm. What do you got coming up that uh, you're excited about? I have uh, a project in uh, Crystal Cove, which is a $16 million house that needs an addition. <laughs> okay. And so we're going to add to the front of it and add a bedroom above the garage. And then, uh, then I have another one with this nice couple who bought this one-story house, which was probably built in 1964. But we're going to totally transform it by taking all the stone and lime washing it. So all the stone will have a kind of a whitewashed appearance, like a lime wash. Wow. And all the old red brick will have a lime wash. So when we're done with it, it'll be a creamy white stucco with a lime wash stone and a lime wash brick and deep turquoise blue front door and gate and garage door. Man, that sounds beautiful. Very, very French country. Huh. <laughs> have you ever been requested for a project and had to turn it down for whatever reason and what would the reason be? Uh, the last one that was really sad and a really nice couple and I didn't want to tell the neighbors but they bought this house and they waited to buy it for 10 years and they it was a lot next door to their house which is a vintage 1920s like old Hollywood Mediterranean house and so they bought the lot next door it took them 10 years to get it mm. and they hired to build their addition to their home on that lot and after all those years, they didn't do any due diligence or dig deep or really do any research on the property. And I had to tell them that I couldn't build on their property because it was straddling an ancient, ancient landslide. Oh, my gosh. And that landslide is right next to a bunch of other homes that, you know, so um, that I've worked on. So it was kind of horrible because it caused a lot of fear and uneasiness, but I couldn't be the one to trigger it because the landslide is down below the ground where the caissons would go. And if you dig the caissons 30 feet down and jiggle around and that earth starts to move, 
50 feet below the surface, the whole hill goes. So let me make sure I have this right. So when you say ancient landslide, there was a landslide way back in the day. About 200 million years ago or 100 million years ago. So because it's all the the granite there is there's like the old beach, the old ocean is on there, too, because the oceans are much higher back in the day. So anyway, there's granite there, but there's landslide material 150 feet, 100 feet down. So you, if you trigger it, it takes the whole mountain down. My gosh. Wow. Um, no, it's not good. And, yeah. And and first thing that comes to my mind, California, one word, earthquake. Hello. Well, and then if you had a big enough earthquake, which we haven't, it could trigger it. Because it happened around the corner down the street in another location six years ago. And four houses slid down the hill. Same situation. So it did happen within a couple mile vicinity of that location. And um, so it's a real deal. And I wasn't going to be the one to trigger it. So I had to tell the poor guy, no, because someone else built a house two, two doors down and they didn't seem to care about it. But when I did the research, the soils guy kind of faked it on the soils report. But was, you know, so it was kind of scary, but his is straddling it. So, yeah. So they they made the purchase. They did buy it. Yeah. Oh, boy. And they're just going to paint it. And rent it. I mean, paint it and use it as it is, as a secondary home for people and guests and what. But they couldn't tear it down and rebuild because the new the new homes, of course, need 30-foot caissons because it's on a hill. Is there anything that they could have done to take what they have existing? Or you're at the point where any kind of movement, like major construction-type movement, could be a problem. Yeah, they can't do anything to the existing because they can't add on because the footings are too small for the today's code. And so they can't alter what they have because they'd have to do new footings and new caissons. So that they can't even touch what they have. I mean, they don't even recommend tearing it down because then you have no house and no value. So uh, it's just best to leave it as it is because the original house on the ho- on the property it's a tiny little house that sits above the old garage, and that's from 1940. And then somebody built onto that in the 60s. So nothing's to code. Wow. It's just just best to leave it as is. Yeah. And it's a hillside, like, a hill like this. It's like not a hill. It's a hill. It's it's amazing when emotions get involved with a couple that waited 10 years for that house. All they were thinking was like, we're going to get it one day. We're going to get it one I day. Was, I was so sad. It took me a couple of weeks to tell them because I was like, shit. And it was also a $2.4 million lost project for me. So um, oh. it would have been a nice one to do, but geez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you don't want to go to sleep thinking about that. <laughs> no, I couldn't even go there. They understood, the husband understood it because he's, He's a skier and he knows about the avalanches and the layers of snow. And it's the same thing as it's something way down below. And he understood it completely. And I, and then she was like freaking out and I felt so bad, but you know, it is what it is. We don't want to be messing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> at least it was a resolved rent it. <laughs> at least you could do something yeah, at least with they it. Got the, well, they got the facts and uh, you know, I don't know if someone else could take the risk, but I sure wouldn't be, want to be responsible for all the other homes. You know, it's not just theirs. It could be the whole hillside. 100%. Uh, I love all the insight, Julie. And my favorite part when we get together is being on the project with you and knowing what you're working on. I think that's so exciting. I think it's exciting, too. And uh, tomorrow I have a new job. So next week when we talk, I'll be I'll go to the new one. 
that's in a, a little place called Corner Del Mar and has ocean view, of course, but it's so fun. It's kind of a mid-century house and we're going to transform it. I mean, it's all dark brown and chocolate now and we're going to make it the creamy white with the turquoise doors. So I can't wait. Wow. And do you, is, are there plans already available for it? No, I have to draw my plans from scratch. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what's your website? My website is julielawton.com. It's so easy. J-U-L-I-E-L-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. <laughs> Beautiful. Always great talking with you, Julie. And uh, yeah, enjoy that Starbucks. I, had a, I got a cup right here too. <laughs> I know. It's that time of day. I got to have it. I'm so sorry. I have to have it. No, and not thank at all. Good. And um, thank you. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Yeah. For me, it, Starbucks is like, it, that's my treat. That's my, you know, midday treat, you know? Yeah, even though I use the sugar-free caramel, so it's like a real treat. You know, I get the whole benefit, extra sweet. I do the same exact thing, and I use uh, sugar-free vanilla, so I feel like, all right, I'm, I'm not like loading up on sugar. So I, I, I feel- yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't do the real sugar anymore. It makes me crash. So that's all. Those days are gone. Yep. All right. Uh, best of luck. Back to work, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. See. Thank Bye. you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama, like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. That's Diploma to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.